This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to episode seven. Yes, episode seven. Last week I said episode seven. It wasn't, so I had to cut it out. It was awfully edited. I'm only joking. I don't, but, I don't even remember that. Yeah. So not be, Adam Adam does have long weekdays. Tell tell everyone how, what, what time you're up today, actually. That's a good start. Five o'clock in the yes. morning. Yes. So yes. I'm, I'm not what you call functioning on all four cylinders in the you do, you, you, you do a good job at keeping... Uh, cohesive speech, putting sentences together. It's better than some people are able to do. I don't know why I said it like that, but yes. Anyway, it was weird. I know it was a bit weird. Anyway, this Pines and Politics UK uh, discuss all things British politics, a bit of a touch on America at that point as well. A little bit of debate in between on topics that might not necessarily have happened this week, but always good for discussion. Uh, Actually, this debate did happen this week, so uh, that's irrelevant for this point and finish with a happy news story or funny news story or heartwarming news story we've had barack the sheep which f- probably my favorite one yeah yeah um can we go something funny because barack the sheep was tragic I can't barack, the sheep, barack the sheep was tragic but it was um it was nice it was sweet sweet he's wearing 40 kilograms of wool it was wearing a lot of wool we're gonna run today with topic uno main topic Budget breakdown. Rishi Sunak, big one this uh, week. Uh, budget 2021. Right, Rishi okay. Sunak came out with his with his big budget plans for the foreseeable. Oh, in his little briefcase. In his little briefcase from number 11. Now, re- opinions on this range from it was the best budget seen in years to it was okay to it was terrible, uh, which I suppose sums up a whole demographic as wide as a population. Um yeah, basically a few th- few pointers to take out from it. Uh, the furlough scheme, which is paying for 80% of wages from the UK workforce, that's been extended until September, as well as will support as well as the support for self-employed. So that's going on until September. Also going on, I think, for the next six months is uh, the universal credit uplift of £20. So that means that anyone who's currently out of work and requiring the funds of universal credit, which is a benefit system designed to help the unemployed, uh, they'll still have that £20 top up, which for some means a great deal. Um, The only controversy surrounding that to some people was that it will only last for six months. Uh, I think I suppose we should start on that really before we because there's a lot to go out with the budget. We probably won't be able to cover it all in the ten or so minutes that we look at. Oh, this. I'm just looking at it now. There's about a thousand bullet points. It is. A million it is. Other things to talk well, about. Yeah, but what do we think about that then? I mean, furlough, furlough extensions, uh, universal credit extensions. That's good. Question is, should the twenty pound uplift, which has been extended for six months, should that have been extended permanently? And with the furlough for six months, again, people think it should last longer because some have said that the 
the biggest result of the biggest job losses are yet to come when the furlough actually ends in six months. So what do you think about all that bit of the budget? Right. So if we start with a £20 increase on universal credit, um, yeah, it's uh, it's such a difficult one. I think for people who don't understand the universal credit system, it's basically a system that unemployed individuals sign up for. So they have some sort of money to live off from day to day as they look for an additional job. It requires for them to sign in every day, report their progress, ensure that they're applying for different jobs. Um, would an extra 20 quid do? Of course, if it's a legitimate system. But as with any system, there's always those who abuse it. And sometimes that downplays the credibility of said system. Wouldn't you agree, Johnny? Yeah, no, it does. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of criticism anyway. Universal credit as um, a safety net has been criticised for a long time, really, because I know what I mean. I we both have used it briefly. Um, We've had to, as fresh graduates in the pandemic, we didn't have much choice, especially from working backgrounds. And we so, yeah. know then it can. I know when you're setting it up, it can take a long while to set up, and then the payments actually come in. For me, it was like the month after. So you're you're always a month in. I can't remember the technical term for it now, but you've got to yeah. wait an extra month. You've got to do two months without money before you can get your first dose of money, basically. Something like that, yeah. So that's yeah. a bit yeah. of a, a, a snag. And also the actual funds. I mean, for me and Adam, it wasn't too bad because, of course, we were we had the fortune of being, as, as Adam said, fresh graduates coming out of university. Well, for me, slightly different. I was over in China, came back, uh, lost my job, and that I was then uh, going back to my uh, hometown, to live with parents same as adam so we weren't forced yeah. to pay rent or anything so it was quite different no, for us because yeah it would be different i suppose there's two ways of looking at this if you were genuinely on your last few pennies in the bank yeah. account having a house to run bills to pay mortgage to upkeep kids to send to school yeah. your cupboards to fill it is all very difficult and when it's only 300 pounds a month that is not enough Extra 20 quid goes a long, long way. But for someone like you and me, we I suppose you could argue that we almost, not that we exploited it, it just, it benefited us. It benefited us. You know what I mean? It yeah. was a benefit rather than no. just a means of surviving. It was, yeah. But again, it wasn't exploitative because we both actually, we're both in work now. We both actively looked for work yes. as well. We're within the 12 weeks that they give you, both of yeah. us managed to complete it under the 10. So, yeah. you know, we, we use the system correctly. Yeah. And also, you, but, but we look at that and you, you've tinted on it. That £20 could go, that could feed some one person for a week, couldn't it? That could, you kids, yeah. that could be yeah. your kids. That could be your kids' school lunches for a week. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, that money comes out of the universal credit funds are, are paid for by the taxpayer. Now, all that comes down to really at that point is, should the taxpayer be... Would the taxpayer be willing to to fund that twenty pound uplift? Now, from my point of view, the more I think, to be honest, we, we talked a little bit about this, but now we're talking about it now seriously. I think, from my point of view, yes, because there are a lot of people out there who genuinely do need it for whatever reason, and also, especially in the pandemic, when 
people could say, oh, well, you should plan for your life. No one planned for the pandemic. No one planned for the, the thing that it had ripped apart, you know, people's livelihoods and, and, um, and so on. And if you've got a family and you were settling down and your job was taken with the pandemic, then it's really hard to jump back on that bandwagon. Now, six month extension to that is absolutely only right and fair. Uh, whether it should extend beyond that has been the big debate. Personally, looking at it now, I think it probably should for at least another year, to be honest, because we haven't, the the, the UK population, I don't think has felt the full effects of, of this job struggle yet. I think it's just going to get worse before it gets better, to be honest. And there's a lot of strugglers out there. So, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, for anyone who says it's only going to get better from this point forward, Yes, to a degree when it comes to maybe socialising. We, we've spoken about the roadmap, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But jobs-wise, rekindling an economy is a it's not an overnight process. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can obliterate an economy in a night and it will take 10 years to rebuild. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not straightforward. So extra 20 quid, the taxpayer, in my opinion, I certainly don't, shouldn't begrudge it. No, no. And also, and also, all these people on furlough, I, would, I remember a quote saying, basically, for many, furlough's a euphemism for future unemployment, essentially, uh, because a lot of people will probably suffer as a result of the collapsed economy. A lot of businesses have suffered at this moment in time, and that could lead to a, another big stage of unemployment once the furlough scheme ends, because, you know, the government... Had, at making up 80% of many workers' wages. So again, that could lead to a lot more people coming onto the universal credit system. And again, that will lead to a lot more people in financial hardship, which means that £20 uplift that that was sort of talked up will be needed beyond the six months, essentially, almost after the the furlough scheme ends. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Because when you think of the furlough scheme, it covers all the um, industries... Most hardly hit. Yeah. And we'll love it recover. We don't know till we're out of this mess. So absolutely fair. Um on uh, the business front now though, this was quite interesting. Uh, big one from Sunak that large corporations that earn over fifty thousand pounds in profit, their corporation tax will increase by six percent. So from nineteen percent to twenty-five percent. And quite interesting because Jeremy Corbyn when he was outlining his Labour manifesto in December 2019, Corbyn considered quite socialist with his views, quite anti-big businesses, he proposed a 26% corporation tax figure. So Rishi Sunak's figure is 25%. It's very, very, very close. So this is quite anti-conservative, isn't it, by Sunak? Yeah, it's absolutely mental. You're talking about the most socialist policy we have in contemporary politics, probably, Mm. coming from a conservative government. Yeah, that 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 is an oxymoron within itself. Yes. It doesn't mm. make sense. It, it just it's illogical. Why mm. would a conservative? Well, that well, people say why is it illogical? Because they have no choice. Mm. You know, big corporations. Well, there's an argument that they should have been taxed way more for the last couple of decades. Yeah. There is one well, argument, though, I was going to say, Adam, could, and you probably know more about this than me, given your political degree and whatnot, but could big corporations, with that extension, or with that big added tax that they've got, then release people from jobs or cut jobs to cover the cost of that, perhaps? 
uh, you see, this is this is the catalyst argument. It comes down yeah. to two two narratives, it, and it, and it is it, it's actually two narratives. Yes, they could cut the lower ranking workforce, mm. or the big dogs at the top could wolf, wolf. take a reduction. The wolves could take a reduction in bonuses. Mm. So. What do you think would happen benefits. there? Come on. What do you think would happen? Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be honest. Anyone who's listened to this podcast know that I tend to lean more to the left than I do to the right. So a lot of the time, you, you, your average Joe will lose the job over the over the bonus. Yeah. It, it's true. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's as simple as that. Anyone who wants to argue against that, you're being a bit naive. I'm not going to yeah. lie. No, yeah. So, yeah. So while we while we applaud the applaud this socialist, almost socialist um, policy from from Rishi Sunak, there is always that caveat, isn't there, that it could actually lead to a greater level of unemployment, and I think that's what Sakaya yeah. Starmer was trying to argue bizarrely yes, from Labour's point of view. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When Corbyn threw it at them, it was from the point of view of to empower the workforce. Mm. However, mm. the Conservatives have done it from rather from the bottom-up perspective of Corbyn. They've gone yeah. it from the bottom-down perspective, yeah. where you dismantle it from the bottom. You know, the, the top look after themselves. And but saying that, Johnny, if you've got a top-heavy corporation, yeah. it will crumble from the bottom. Down. So you know, you've got yeah. to look after your, you know. I can't, I can't think of words today. But okay. um, if, you, if you, if you, yeah, if you're not looking out, if you're not looking after the foundations, you don't have a structure. No, it's a very so. fair point. Um, you know, and I think, um, I think, I think with that as well, um, with with the whole thing, it 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 was really interesting as well to to see that, and we note that. But I I did touch on it, and I'll probably re-emphasize that any company not earning above fifty thousand pounds in profit, so many small businesses, are staying at the normal nineteen percent corporation tax, which again prevents lots of businesses from grumbling with this new measure uh, for tax. So um, so that's good to note. Um, I think I think when it comes. I think I think it's a budget that surprised quite a few people. Many with generosity point uh, from the, from a generosity perspective, because again, a hardline conservative or a hardline Tory perspective wouldn't have raised corporation tax as much as it did. Wouldn't have raised, um, wouldn't have extended certain uh, the twenty. Probably wouldn't have even extended the twenty pound uplift scheme. I mean, again, that's quite. Oh. So a year ago they would. Well, when I say a year ago, a couple of years ago they would never have considered these policies. Yeah. Uh, also, a minimum wage increase for it to eight pound ninety one. So again, quite a small increase, but uh, but it's still there. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, there's a lot to go at. Really, there's a really lot to go at, and I think we're we're seeing a general rise in taxes as well, uh, in line with the um, with the economic collapse of, of recent times, and the con- the one it'll continue to uh, fall. I think until maybe uh, there's a bit of a bounce back uh, post pandemic, but. Overall, Sunak's budget, as I said, seems to have polarised um, lots of different people. But there's a but there is a, a lot of people, myself almost included, sitting in the middle, thinking it's not bad. It's not too bad. It's not fully conservative in terms of the the 
the the the the quite harsh nature of, of previous conservative budgets it's not crazy to the point where you'd consider it to be something that was that was that was made by a socialist or or and i say that not because i don't um respect or or value any socialist ideals but because it's from the conservative party so it doesn't go very far to the left but it slaps yeah. itself somewhere in the center and it's something that a lot of people can sort of say Oh, that's okay. That's not too bad. We can work with it. I think is is what it is. Yeah, I would argue that's a generous way of looking at it, but it's certainly not wrong. You know, the Conservative Party—they can't be seen as the baddies in this, no, because we are literally hitting the year anniversary of lockdown. Yeah, they've got to be seen to be moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and to move forward, you need to be taking as many people with you as humanly possible. So it requires a middle ground. So if they weren't doing what they're doing, then I'd be worried. I'd kind of expect them to do what they're doing right now. I feel like it's a necessary, uh, a nece- it's a necessity rather than an expect- expectation, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely fine. And for more information on that, I actually recommend looking at, other than one of the uh, accounts that I now monitor, um, money support underscore, um, I would also recommend looking at um, maybe BBC Politics. That gives a good breakdown. And also Politics for All. We follow them and they're great. I think they give some really good neutral political opinions. So uh, they're very good. But definitely look at that money support underscore. I think they do some great stuff. Um, anyway, back on to um, back on to more other news stories this week, notable news stories. Um Biggest one, I think, just related to COVID, actually, um, uh, is for me uh, that thirty-one point one percent of the UK population's now been now received the first vaccine. That's more than substantially more than anyone in Europe. Um, there's a reason for that because they've gone against medical advice, but it's still nice to see uh, that the rollout program is still going relatively smoothly, and there haven't been many hiccups uh, so far. They keep going down the age category, so I think. We're all we're not far off, forties um, and above. I think uh, receiving their first. So again, it, it's going very, very efficiently. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, as much as I sort of, well, I don't joke. It's the truth. They haven't followed medical advice, so that does fill me with a bit of concern. Yeah, On I was whole, thinking that as you said that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but but what I will say is that scientific advice has suggested that one vaccine should be enough for sixty something percent immunity anyway. From, va- from viruses, so it gives you a, a, a strong start if you happen to get attacked by any of these viruses. Um, what are we thinking on it, though? Are, are we happy with this speedy roll? Well, you can't not be happy with the speedy, efficient rollout. You can have a few qualms about the way it's been done, with the fir- you know, for po- probably for the headlines to say Britain's leading the vaccine race, but um, it has been one of the, as, as we say, it's been one of the late successes of the Conservative government to to stick to a plan and not U-turn or go crazy from it. And they seem to be going down a, a path that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want yeah. money. <laughs> I don't know, mate. I yeah. honestly have... I, I don't know. It's Fantastic. such a difficult one. <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely don't know. I can't give an educated opinion on this because, yes, it's great to hear that 31% of the population have been vaccinated. It's fantastic Mm. to hear. And I was listening to the First Minister of Wales today, Mark Drake, saying that it was one million have either had 
uh, two injections or one injection. I know for a fact in Wales, it's nearly up to 500,000 who have had a uh, second injection. Oh, good. So it's great. <laughs> so, I, and I've read a reports as well for the Guardian that these AstraZeneca Oxford vaccines do decrease transmission by 80%, which is great also. So it, it's got to be seen as positive because otherwise, what hope do we have? It's pretty you know much I mean? the same point of view, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, and to be honest, are, are you, as much as you, we do have our scepticisms, we do have a few scepticisms, are we, is it doom-mongering to say, to throw things at that and say, but this, but this, but this, or is it, I mean, I've done it just then, I've done it, and, I've, and you get, you hear people being called doom-mongers and things. I think it's like you said, people want a sense of hope and a sense of something to go right in a in a pandemic where so much has gone wrong that you just don't want to be proven right when we've got these sort of you know pre pre half baked. I'm not even going to say half baked. They are fair baked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've got these fair fair thoughts that that there is possibly something like a. I don't know, something hiding behind the corner, ready to go boo. Um, I don't know. I think you're right. I think I think it is a lot of it's hope. We have to have hope. If we don't have hope, what do we have? And but I, I can't escape the feeling, yeah. though, that, like you've said before, we are waiting for something to go boom. boom. So, something's yeah. going to go. I yeah. don't know what it's going to be. If it's going to be in a variant that can't be treated... Hashtag Brazilian gonna, variant, I think, is that's been yeah, or, in the news. Hasn't yeah, it? it's been thrown about. Or, yeah. you know, some sort of policy that's going to bankrupt us all. I don't know. Uh, you know I just that, feel like that's worth mentioning as well, actually. The Brazilian variant has come on since we've last been on talking about this. And it is, well, it's just that's just another, it's just sort of rearing the ugly head of. Why did they not close the borders or do something about the Brazilian situation much earlier? Because during the time where they didn't close the borders to Brazil, people came into England from Brazil, uh, Britain from Brazil. And uh, I think one of them, uh, I think they've narrowed one of them down to Scotland. And th there has been a, a small spread of the Brazilian variant, uh, which scientists haven't worked out whether... It the vaccines respond to it effectively. Um, and again, it, small things like this, even though you think, oh, well, they should be able to stamp it out quickly. It's just a small reminder of the incompetencies that have built up to this point. Yeah. And it's the fact that we still have a government that's incapable of closing borders for the welfare of the exactly. citizens. Exactly. Yeah. Where's Nigel when you need him? Hey? No, right, I'm only fraud. joking. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Uh, anyway, no, there's actually. The funny one here, uh, Boris Johnson's recent suggestion today that uh, there should be a, what was it? Yeah, so the government's considering a cash for exercise scheme to help tackle obesity within the UK. I mean, what do you think about that? So they basically just called us all fat, you know, um, for being it, stuck it, indoors for a year. You know, it's for medical, I think it's actually coinciding with medical advice saying that coronavirus attacks or makes, you know, overweight yeah. people suffer more, but, isn't it? That's the point. This is true. People who are on the obese side, you know, on the who are, as as my friend puts it, so unpolitically correct as a 
have a BMI, you know, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, um, who suffer from an underlying health condition as a consequence of not looking after their health. Yeah. Um, they are more likely of being victims of a more fatal or serious consequence of COVID. Mm. So yes, I understand what the, what, what the, um, what the government are trying to set out here, but you know, at the risk of calling a large proportion excuse the pun, of the uh, population, well, large. <laughs> so, yes. You know, yeah. you know it's, it's a difficult yeah. one. You know, yeah. Because of know. Boris. You know, yeah. Because apparently, yeah. you know, he's not exactly thin himself these that, days. Well, I think he's admitted that, hasn't he, pretty much? Yeah. I don't think he's ever been in... Uh, he's even he, hired a personal um, fitness coach. Have we got crisps there, Adam, as well? That's sort of going yeah. on, along... It's going with the narrative. Can you hear that? Can you? Can you hear I that? Saw, I, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> Would never mind hearing. It's all right. But, it's all right. Morrison's Market Street barbecue mix, healthy oh, peanuts. And I'll never get mixed. tired of saying this, but other other peanuts or crisps or snacks are available other than Morrison's. Well, I happen to be eating Market yeah. Street ones at the moment. Yes, but other ones are available. They're absolutely available. Other ones are available. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, enough of that. There's also a raging debate, well, a raging issue with Alex Salmond and Nicola Sturgeon. We talked about that last week. Pretty much the same as uh, stuff going on this week. The only difference is, uh, well, it's getting closer to a conclusion. And many people think if Sturgeon comes out as as being underhand with her, with the way that she's... Um, that she's dealt with the whole situation from before. She should be forced to resign, which I think is almost, uh, we, we've talked about this last week, essentially, almost people want Sturgeon to resign because she's Sturgeon. And I actually quite like Sturgeon. So do you. So, yeah. So now we'll move on to our British culture feature uh, and, and move on to a topic that's very close to Adam's heart, um, the royal family. How um, so. is that close to my heart? I like the crown on Netflix, and that's about it. You know, actually, before you, it's a good point. Um, I've not watched the crown. Would you recommend it? Is it good? Yeah, I think it's, it's good. great, Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it about? Well, it's about the royal family. <laughs> Where have you been? No, no, no. I watched, I watched a film called The Favourite, actually, that was absolutely fantastic. A bit, a bit about the royal family from a long time ago. Uh, in fact, it wasn't the royal family, it was the monarchy. It was, uh, uh, Queen Anne. So that was a long time ago. That is really a long good. time ago. <clears throat> Would recommend. Yeah. Well, then. <clears throat> Pardon me. So people, lots of people watch The Crown. I was only, I was sort of gesticulating and joking. Obviously, <laughs> I know it's about the royal family, but um, what are the so, real royal family like, Adam? What, what, what? As a British person, what do you look at when you see the royal family? What does it symbolise to you? Well, to start with, when you say British person. That's a very controversial thing to say in North Wales these days. Well, yeah, fair enough. And that is a major reflection of the state of the royal family. Ooh, fantastic. So, yeah, exactly. So, British these days, for a lot of hardcore Welshies, hardcore Scot- Scots, and, you know, anyone who falls into the nationalist bracket, yeah. see British as synonymous with English. Uh, thus don't see the royal families representing the other three parts of the UK. So, but, on the other hand, they're a symbol of history. Yep. Britishness, you know, the 
triumphs of history and if you want to call them that and they represent uh, a way of life that has long diminished in the last hundred years if you know what i mean mm-hmm. no i would agree they are quite of their time and yeah i mean also i think the, the biggest time thing being that... can, I, can i just say the time being about 1954 but i do think that it is when we when we talk about them though i think the biggest thing what no one can really deny is they bring a lot in to the country in terms of tourism, don't they? In terms of Buckingham Palace, the Queen herself. Specifically, when you talk to um, when you talk to people around the world, particularly when I went to China, one of the biggest things they talk about in England is London, the Queen, Buckingham Palace. They're the three kind of things that you hear all the time, and that's that was from around Asia. That was quite common, and from even from South Africans who worked uh, in uh, in Asia a lot, along with me. They also synonymous with Britain, London, uh, Buckingham right. Palace, the Queen. You don't like okay, this. I can't. I can't debate the fact that the Queen is a, a famous figure around the world. Yeah, can't deny her. Well. I don't know if this is word, but no ability, you know, of yeah. a celebrity sort of status. Mm-hmm. However, to say they bring in a lot of money to the UK is actually false Ooh. because there's not... People go to London, great, they look at Buckingham Palace and they take a picture outside the gates. Can you go in there? No, not really, unless you pay for a tour. Mm. A lot of people do that? No, because the bus yeah. is going to leave to Edinburgh any minute. Yeah. And... The last time they took any sort of survey on tourism yeah. in the UK, Chester Zoo in northwest England made more money out of tourism than the royal family did. Right. But 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 what I would say is that because it gives Britain some kind of USP unique selling point as a country, because it it not many Western countries have monarchies like 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 Britain does alongside a parliament. It's quite unique in that sense. It, uh, well, it's the most famous in that sense to have uh, to be governed by a parliament, but also to have uh, her Her Majesty and Co uh, in Buckingham Palace with doing what they do. Um, surely that attraction from afar, even though you might not be able to do everything as you've alluded to, they do bring in people from around the world who were curious about about the way Britain is, I suppose. From afar. Fair? Maybe? I don't know, mate. I'm not convinced. No. I, I really am not convinced. Like, if you went around the streets and said to the random British person, oh, when was the last time you went to Beijing to see, you know, the industrialist capital? Or... That's a bit different, though, isn't us? it? Is it? Is it? Yeah. Well... I mean, for well, starters, is that just exposing British arrogance of expecting people to come to them instead of going to there not, not, and learning not about? Not necessarily true, because as I say, when I was when I was overseas, the amount of people that used to talk about these specific things, again, I almost thought glowingly, even though I I'm more on your camp to be honest with you, but I do think that they offer Britain some kind of as I say, USP compared to your other European countries in that sense, with the heritage that they and, and the and the and the image that they provide. Um, 
What I would say though is, and I'm sure you pro- you'd probably in agreement with me anyway, that there is an extent, there is a, the royal family's like, it's got like this huge growing tree. And to me, I think outside of maybe Queen Elizabeth uh, II, Prince Philip, uh, Prince Charles, Prince William, I was going to say Prince Harry, but that leads into topic two in a second. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get to Harry and Meghan in yeah. a minute. But outside of the, your main little core of, of the royal family, you know, the ones that attend all the events and sort of represent Britain on a, on a, on a global scale. Uh, Prince Andrew for the wrong reasons. Um, mm. But, mm. Uh, but outside, outside your main five or six, they shouldn't really have... I don't see the the, the joy of and the and the amazement of people who were twenty eighth in line to the throne and people I've never heard of getting married and and, and taking money from ta- taxpayers' money, I believe, because that's their part of the royal institution. I find that quite baffling. I think you can justify it for the main five or six because they attend events, they do this and whatnot. But for the tree that's very very big, for lots of people I've never heard of at all. And many British people haven't heard of at all. I, I, I find that to be quite ridiculous, to be honest. It's an overblown, um, and I can't think of the word, an overblown extravaganza, maybe we can, can go with that. I want to make something really clear from my point of view. Like, I've got the utmost respect for the Queen. Yeah. And I've got the utmost respect for the royal family. I don't want to sit here and absolutely slander their existence. Yeah. Because to be fair, they're from a background, they're from a culture that I don't really appreciate or understand and not yeah. do many people. And they yeah. have to uphold themselves to the status bestowed to them by generations and generations in history yeah. and ancestry. I get it in that respect. So I don't want to sit here and tell them that their existence is a load, you know, <laughs> fill in the blank. But yeah. you get what I mean. However... You are right. Like, you can't deny the fact. Like, don't get me wrong. Get our post office, our Royal Mail, our armed forces, our police is all linked to Her Majesty. Yes. So you can't slander her. You know, no, it, definitely it would be not. immoral to not, it would be immoral, I think, to the good work of our public servants. Yeah. You know, which is something I would aspire to be personally. Like, I would love to be a public servant one day. You know, so I don't want to be that person to go, oh, they're taking money from us because mm. that's not what they were born and set out no personally to do it's yeah. just this happens to be the environment but when you're talking as you're saying to the earl of i don't know god knows was 27th in line third distant cousin to the queen who's taking yeah. x amount from the taxpayer then yeah. that doesn't sit well with me like surely no. They're able to draw boundaries when it comes to universal credit. Why can't they do it with the royal family? I think it's fair enough. Yeah, I absolutely, and that's a that's a brilliant line actually. And this, yeah, I mean, this sort of feeling with the royal family—it's not all sunshine, bright, and happy, and, and 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 whatnot. But I'm with Adam. I do think they do serve some kind of legitimate purpose, particularly the main. And they definitely, res- they definitely deserve respect. I want to no, put that right clear right now. I'm not an anti-royalist, but I'm not a royalist. I'm no. just, I respect the family for what they stand yeah, for. Yeah, you know and, I mean? I, and, I, and I'm the same as well. And particularly the Queen, she has such a resilience, I think, with some of the things that she's gone through. And she delivered and she, a great, and she's great a, speech to the coronavirus. Yeah, and she's an exceptional feminist for a woman who took on a man's role from such a young age. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. she's done remarkably well to 
break down those sort of boundaries and being able to set precedents. Because let's be honest, when it comes to setting, you know, setting a domino effect, we need experienced, higher aristocratic backgrounds for it to trickle down into the lower classes. And if she said that off, then great. I'm all for that. Fun fact, the Queen came to Burnley College while I was there. And uh, really? she, yeah, why, why should you do that? <laughs> I don't know, yeah, she gave me a wave. No, not me personally, but I, I was in an audience of like I, 20 people, and she was like within 20 feet of me. And she sort of did the, 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 I'm doing the royal wave now because this is on audio. And it was like, it was quite surreal, I'm not gonna lie. Johnny, are you telling me the Queen's met you? She hasn't, she hasn't specifically met me. She didn't shake my hand at the time, but uh, she. I was in that like was an audience. Joke. Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I was starstruck. I was starstruck. There were only 20 people there. Anyway, moving on from that, though. Big story this week in America, in England. Harry and Meghan Markle, uh, Prince Harry, yeah, or yeah. formerly Prince Harry. Um, they have split from the royals now, uh, officially, and it's a bit like one of those... Long distance, long relationship breakups, isn't it? It's all a bit messy. It's, um, a, com- it's a complicated one, isn't it? Because they yeah. technically, well, Harry technically hasn't left the royal family. He's just taken a step back from his duties as a royal. Yes. But he all but has really left in all but, you know, the obviously still. I suppose part, in yeah. broad terms, yes. In technical yeah. terms, no. No. Megan, though, I think has, hasn't she? Megan's ostracized herself, I think. Yeah, I think, I think I think she's completely gone, hasn't she? I don't actually yeah. know too much about those intrinsic details. Yeah. To say. I yeah. don't actually know those. No, me, neither me and Adam. Have, I mean, I actually think you see this plastered, this big, um, this big saga, really. And in the British right wing press, I won't name names, but in the, just in case. What, the Daily Mail and Pierce Morgan. <laughs> He said it, not Sorry, me. what? <laughs> it's just, I don't understand how that would affect future employment because that is the truth. That is true, yeah. You know, no, it's the fair. truth. You and can I just say, I, would, I probably wouldn't write ever for right-wing political columns. I'll just say that. I probably wouldn't because I don't necessarily believe it, to be honest. I wouldn't not worry about thinking. that affecting future employment because that is simply just quoting the facts. Right, okay, then. <laughs> you can't prosecute somebody on facts. Well, we can. <laughs> you can. If, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And then you can't <laughs> prosecute us on... Go you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to withdraw those comments. You never, ever... ever I hope nobody get... ever takes this <laughs> podcast out of context because I'm done for. Yes, yes, yes. So, Adam, you, we want to hire you for this job as a lawyer, but you said... <laughs> on you said you don't like the family. Yeah. <laughs> and you and hate you... Pierce Morgan. <laughs> yeah, and... You said you can't prosecute anyone based on facts. <laughs> that's, I think that's yeah. the big one. That's the big one. <laughs> Fake news. Fake news. Yeah, that's what that's what the Donaldston would have probably gone with. Um, no, but to be fair, he, he what did I was pretty well from what I saw. <laughs> Wait, what what I was going to say is, um, oh yeah. So we we I was going to say from our point of view, 
the right wing media press they really hounded in on Harry and Meghan for a long time. Oh, big and time, now, yeah. And now you've also got uh, magazines and, and big interview people in America like Oprah Winfrey and uh, James Corden doing lots of big pieces with with Harry and, and Meghan as well. Um, to be honest, I think from both of our point of views, and we can both say this fairly, we don't really care uh, about you know. <laughs> And I think that represents uh, a majority of the British public. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I what I did think, uh, from my point of view, was the way that, in fairness, I did I did find it a bit sad or predictable, even that the way that many of right wing outlets, or not even, I'd say mainly right wing outlets, but they didn't necessarily have to be right wing, but the way sections of the media targeted Meghan and Harry as who happened though, to be majority the right right wing. <laughs> <laughs> you happen to be the majority of the right, right, right the, the, the right wing. Right wing. Right, right wing. I didn't like it. It, did, it felt like, a, it, I mean, Megan said, I think herself, actually, in one of the interviews, it was a smear campaign. And it was because, you know, you, they never really took to her. I think because she was American and there was this kind of sense of a British royal should marry a British person kind of thing. Um, they've actually mentioned ideas of race, race because, of course, she's not of white ethnicity she's half she, she's half black isn't she uh she's she's a she's a b-a-m-e uh ethnicity yeah uh, so i mean personally that from that i think i mean that that's certainly plays <laughs> that, a part that's a negative um yeah that, that, that 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 demonstrates a negative reflection of british media doesn't it the yeah. fact that they're picking up on these petty things like come on or a globalized world, right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I think I think people said though it was it was the pressures or the the attacks of those media outlets that really forced them out of the royal family, and the fact that the royal family didn't really do anything to stop it, almost as if, well, we didn't like her, and the, the echoes are almost from the nineteen nineties with Princess Diana, aren't they? In many ways, the people's princess. <sighs> yeah. The people's um, princess always gets slaughtered, you know. It's, yeah, and and I've literally seen that written in the papers, so I can't even claim that as an original, you know, thing. It's it's tragic, and I hate it. And this is what disappoints me about British media is they always seem to shoot themselves in the foot before they get going. You know what I mean? Go on, explain. It's this assumption of. I'm scared. I'm going to say something that's no, going to get me no, into no, trouble. No, no, no. But it, it, like, 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 look at like, like a princess Diana. Yeah. Pictures, pictures of her in certain areas at certain times are going for a quarter of a million, half a million, sometimes millions. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely fair. And you know, Prince Harry, he has spoken out about the negative mental health effects of his mother's death that's had on him. Yeah. And he didn't want those to be that history repeated when it came to Meghan and him yeah. and his life and I think that's entirely fair and I think what he started to see especially was newspapers starting to replicate the um, behaviours of the press back in the early 90s yeah yeah I think that's yeah. what I'm trying to say I, no, I, I hope I, I like to think that's a fair assessment if it it's isn't a, that, I apologise no, to that anyone that's one of the yeah. fairest things you've said. I think it's quite, you know, well put together. Yeah, like, 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 I, I, obviously, I don't want to 
offend anyone who's listening to it, especially those who are fans of the Daily Mail, who like Piers Morgan, who like people who tend to lean towards the right wing of polit- political views. I'm not here to offend you. I'm just here to say, take a step back and just kind of think of the wider picture. Well, you sometimes. can still be, to be fair, you can still yeah. be a reader, an avid reader of these newspapers and not agree with everything that they say. You can still look back and think, no, don't agree exactly. with that. I think it's exactly. quite dodgy. Um, and and yeah, you, yeah. you're very right with, uh, not politically, but you're very right with um, the sense of the the parallels. And I thought that was quite striking. I think he mentioned it with James Corden, Harry, actually, that he saw parallels with that and, and the treatment of his mother. And and also, again, not just that, but, but the royal family themselves didn't take to Diana and they didn't take to Meghan. So the royal family didn't have the back, really, in that situation. It did seem that way. Um, although the argument, the counter-argument, of course, is that, I mean, now you're hearing quotes that Meghan, people who'd worked under Meghan Markle, found her very hard to deal with and quite a... Quite a, which is probably know. true. Yeah. Which is probably true. Let's be honest. She's born yeah. into a celebrity culture. She's a product of celebrity culture, and yeah. she, she is still currently living celebrity culture. Will yeah. she have an element of self entitledness? It is probably fair to say yes. Yes. It doesn't take a genius to disagree with that, no. or agree with it, or whatever you want to say. Would she be difficult to deal with? Yeah, probably. There probably was a bit of an attitude problem. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to be plain as day. Neither side is going to be guilt-free or sin-free or whatever you want to say, but uh, it's a, it's a, I, I, I don't particularly like discussing this topic because it's such a minefield. It is. It is. Regardless but, of which, which, whichever direction you go, you know. And this is, and this is from two people who don't really have an interest in that. But it's so big. I don't really care about the royal family. But it's so big. Can I just say, it's so big that I think everyone almost, even at work that I've been in this week, everyone has an opinion on it, no matter, because it's it's on every news outlet in the UK. In the US, I imagine it's quite big as well. So it's one of those where you can see quite a few sides to the story. It is quite complicated as the royal family. It has a lot of pros. There's a bit of an underbelly which maybe isn't as isn't as nice as, as they want to be portrayed. And while Megan might not be completely saintly, I do think she's had a bit of a rough ride in the UK. Christ, yeah, I'd agree. And with that. and yeah, and I now know, now that's coming out. No, I, I was just gonna agree with you, mate. It's it's yeah. like by no means is she an angel, but not by no means does she deserve the treatment she got. So no. Absolutely fair. Absolutely fair. I mean, um, it's been it's quite interesting actually. Um, into America now, we've actually talked a bit about something that's been quite big in America, but um, also big in America. Well, there's two things actually. Um, there was the Biden. There was the Biden incident about how he sent. Uh, I think he sent an airstrike to Iraq. Oh, he's just con- he's continued the Iraq war, hasn't he? Mm. So when I that's say I think, I mean. I know because he I did. read it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I suppose we should start on that, really, and then we're, uh, we've got we've got a bit of a, re- a slight return for Donald Trump as well, uh, who, who's been talking again uh, in 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 uh, 
quite a yeah, I think he had an audience uh, that were that were lapping up his every word once again. So the Donalds are still alive. But with Joe Biden, yeah, I mean, it's almost like I was I was this was very not in a good way, but meme worthy because everyone was saying, you know, this is the you know, the president, the new president, all about peace, all about calm, temperament and everything. And then it said, actually, I'm going to send um, I'm going to send an attack uh, towards uh, towards Syria, um, you know, with a, yeah. with a strike on Iran. So what do you make of that? It doesn't surprise me. No, nope. Honestly, I, I don't know why this is news. In, in the, If I'm going to be as frank as I can possibly be frank. Yeah. Obviously, it's tragic for the civilians, the women, the children. 22 died. And yeah, the men, women, children, people, the families destroyed by these attacks in the last few days or few weeks is is horrific. There's yeah. no there's no replacing those who have lost their lives, and there's certainly yeah. no replacing you know what has happened there. But does it surprise me that these sort of actions have continued under President Biden? No, because that's what presidents do. It's like a rite of passage. They continue yeah. bombing a third world country, uh, 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 something to secure their foreign policies to ensure their place in the White House. I, I genuinely, it, it, there's nothing surprising about it. Um, uh, and just anyone who's just willing to just look over history and about the reasons behind it, there's probably legitimate airstrike you know military you know international relation reasons behind this that we're not privy to the knowledge of so i'm not going to say you know president yeah. might be in command ops making decisions on things that we have no clue about the curse you know the consequences of which results in you know innocent civilians casualties mm. and then obviously the press only report on the civilian casualties it is tragic nevertheless but we don't know the wider picture mm. so but you know if mm. you just simply follow the the mind map of <laughs> or the historical map yeah. of what's happened past yeah it's not a surprising thing to read but mm. that doesn't downplay the horrificness of the effects it has on the indigenous population i mean yeah no very fair i mean you said we all we all talked about Donald Trump's presidency many of us in quite um negative terms but me, yeah me more than most I, but, I think that's fair to say right now but like you touch on war and you're right because I mean Barack Obama was lauded by much of the western world for um uh, Barack Obama's foreign policy is probably yeah. one of the worst that, exactly. that we've seen in the last 20 years yeah yeah yeah, and he wasn't afraid to 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 go in with the uh, with, with violence, particularly in uh, in the Middle East, was he? So it's... no, not at all. No, no. he had a terrible foreign policy. Let's be to be frankly honest with you. Yeah. It wasn't... Well, I'm not going to say it's terrible. It wasn't fantastic. You know? No, no. He often gets brushed under the carpet that a little bit though, doesn't it? Because when it people does, compare him does. to Trump, he didn't have a great foreign policy at all. No, you know, but you know that, no. that's that. I suppose. No. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, previous president made a bit of a resurgence as well. Uh, he was yeah, he uh, popped up in Florida again. Didn't he? <laughs> he was talking. Uh, he said himself. Yes, he was. He was back, and he was um, he was confident. I mean, he's always confident, isn't he? Uh, when he does his little speeches, I mean, I listened to a little bit of it. It was the highlights, really. It was came up on my on my uh, news feed. Um, 
I mean, people calling it Donald Trump's grand political return. He's already hinted that he's going to be taking the presidency again. Um, yes, he has, hasn't he? Yeah. However, however, like some what like some political commentators said, it's a money spinner to say that now because you know people are. He's sort of. I wouldn't say rolling it. There's a lot of people backing him, supporting him, coming to these events. Still got a massive following. If he laps this up for a bit longer and then says, you know what, maybe maybe I'm not going to go for it. He's still made a bit of money on the side by going to these events, by hope, by you know hosting these events. So lots of people are clearly turning up in support of Trump. Still, you know, he's still got a huge following. Make no mistake, Biden won. And he won quite convincingly, but there was a, still a, a big, big Trump supporting base out there, and they haven't died down. Oh, Christ, yeah, not at all. Yeah. I think, um, well, at the risk of getting too, yeah. I don't know, controversial, you know, the, the, the attack of the Capitol nearly strengthened support for Trump. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he said... He said Biden's had an awful start to his administration. He said he's anti, and he used a lot of different words. One of the most, one of the amusing ones, he said he's anti, um, I think he's anti-science, he said, which I thought was quite funny because that's probably one that thing Biden certainly isn't. Because No, <laughs> that, that's pretty, that's pretty opposite to what Biden's campaign is I mean, yeah. really built on, to be honest. Yeah. See, that is just a typical <laughs> Trumpism, isn't it? Oh, that, that that pisses me off. I'm sorry. That, that, that gets Here's another word. Skin. There we go. I'm that sorry, gets under my I'm skin. Gets under my that skin. gets under my skin. Um, because he, he's blatantly lying. <laughs> and people are going to bloody... No, but it doesn't take a genius, does it? I mean, he built. He, he's going for a very green policy based on the way he's approached the start of his presidency. He's basically focused heavily on the science with regards to beating the coronavirus. It, you know, he's following the science a lot more stringently than Donald Trump was. So anyone only vaguely following must know that's rubbish. I mean, must the, even Donald Trump must know that. I don't rubbish. know, mate. Honestly. This is a guy who got acquitted twice. I, I, the Congress can't even get rid of him. So, no, I suppose. Well, I suppose. That. You know, I don't. I don't know. Um, oh, I mean, oh goodness, that's interesting. Okay, we've got we've got a random news story to finish. And for some reason, I can't share my screen, Adam, so you can't see it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it to the best of my ability um, with a headline, and I'm gonna you can have your running commentary on it as I pause for breath. Um, during a few sentences, okay. so it says, "This is from Mirror Mirror Funny News." It says, "Greedy couple shamed for tacky wedding invites that demand guests <laughs> that demand guests gift money towards their um, towards their wedding." So it says, "A Facebook user, a Facebook I went to show, Sean Connery, rest in peace." Um, there, a Facebook user shared a wishing well card online that saw bride and groom demand that their gifts give them money towards their big day and people were horrified. Now, to be honest, a lot of the time, people usually do stick 10, 20 pounds in, don't they? Um, I thought that was a general thing to do. Yeah. For a wedding cost. Well, this is a... This is a yeah, I mean, I guess pandemic. Pandemic plays a part, um, you know, and... Oh, okay, hang on, hang on. The, I think the caveat here is... Maybe you should read the article before you start talking <laughs> right, about yeah. it. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Weddings can be pretty expensive. Once you add up the cost of the venue, the dress, 
plus the catering photography and everything else, the happy yeah, couple yeah, is likely to be set back. Car and all that, yeah. yeah. So it's quite common for wedding gifts to gift the newlyweds with money. But one Australian couple has been harshly criticised after they asked people to put 100 Australian dollars, which is roughly £56, towards their big day. Ahead of Oh, so this is interesting. So one, it's Australian, so the pandemic rules are different in Australia. I think it's less social distancing. And they've also asked them to gift it uh, beforehand, so maybe that's to, pay, that's to go towards the wedding, actually, or to pay, pay off some of the wedding. Anyway, in Australia, greens is another word for $100. Uh, because of the colour of the note. It says on the card, our bank account is in debt and we would like it to go back into credit. <laughs> Fair enough. Please visit the ATM. We know you're a gem. Okay, that's quite forward. That's quite forward. Um, it's, so, it's ballsy, I'll give them that. Is, pull out your greens and let it be seen that your kindness is real. When it's given in its final seal. It's written in poetry. It's fantastic. So please place your cash in our wishing well and make our dreams come true. That will be swell. Okay, I don't like the way they ended that one. That's a bit cringe. But I don't know. To be fair, like you said, quite ballsy. And also, it's one of those, isn't it? Traditionally, particularly in the United Kingdom, we would give it as like a token gesture, like a silent token gesture. It's a bit like tipping, isn't it? A, 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 wait, a waiter or a waitress for good service. Um, yeah. It's... Good point. You, do, you, don't, you don't wait for the waiter to go, because <clears throat> <clears throat> otherwise, you know, one, they'd be, one, they'd be sacked because coronavirus, and two, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two, you wouldn't, uh, you, do, you, you don't ask, you sort of, sort of given. And 56 pounds... It's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, that seems that's so yeah, ballsy. Uh, <laughs> that's a ballsy. Um, that's a ballsy invite. Like, come to my wedding, <laughs> spend some money, and give me some while you're here. Yeah, it is <laughs> money, my tired money. money. No, 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 don't bother buying me some plates and a mug. <laughs> Just give it me in cash. Give it me in cash. Give it to um, me. To be fair, yeah, I yeah. understand where they're coming from. <laughs> right, I understand where their minds are up, but they haven't gone around it very well. No. How would you do it? Go on. How would you do it? I don't know. I need to get a girlfriend first. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you're right. It, it's one of those silent... Yeah. No, to be fair, I won't ask for £56. I don't... I, won't... I mean, you've got... You do it. I mean, I'll tell you what, the poetry's quite good. Uh, the fact that they've done it in a poem... It's quite, it's quite funnily cheekily. I like it. Yeah, but that, but that, that's shown even the more thought that I put into the fact that they need cash. <laughs> it's quite funny. I mean, not you know, we're in a pandemic. I know it's different in Australia. I know you're a bit hard up this year, but you know what? So are we, because we're paying for this big extravaganza. Please do compensate that with 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 your kind uh, generosity. With, yeah, with your own bank account. Yeah, with your own bank account. Please visit that ATM. <laughs> I know, cheeky, oh, cheeky, very brilliant. forward. But anyway, that's a good one to end. Actually, it's a lot happier than uh, yeah. Barack the sheep. Uh, we've had some sad ones from before that, so that, that's probably that's probably a good one to end. Actually, so uh, join us next week. Uh, probably, if I put this up at sat on Saturday morning, it's either that or Friday night. And it, I do bear in mind lots of time zones, so it can be quite complicated. I will find a regular time for this, and I will make it great again. 
Um, no, oh, don't do wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. And on that <laughs> note, we'll see you next <laughs> week. <laughs> see you next week. Take care, stay safe in crazy times, and thanks for listening. Thanks.